stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meat, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hello, everybody. Hello. River says hi. River says hi. Meow, meow. Luna says hi. There's just cats just everywhere. 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 So. So hi. Hi. I do have a teeny bit of babble today. Cool. And it's kind of magical and kind of leads into our topic a little bit. Well, a lot, actually. So I heard this morning on NPR that... Kids are getting asthma from gas stoves. That They have proven this. They've done that study. Do you know about this? I heard some rumblings, but yeah. go ahead. And that convection, which I've always heard of convection ovens, but convection stoves are the way to go. And all I could think of at first was, well, we've got to get one before we have grandkids over here. That has to happen. And two, oh, I'm really going to miss having gas fire because I really, really like it. And they did a whole thing on how to cook with it and stuff like that. And when we didn't have a fireplace for those years, I would sometimes go to the hearth and turn on the the gas and do my spells so that I had that, you know, safely in the house. So it was really like lovely. But there's no fire at all with the convection. And it just like, And you can even touch the stove because it sends electricity to the heat. And there's a whole plethora of questions that I have and problems that I see and and goodness that I see from it. But I just found that so fascinating. And the idea of electricity, which I was just fascinating me. I very peripherally heard about that just because I watch Under the Desk News and She was like, everyone calm down. Biden's not going to take your gas stoves away. (laughs) And I was like, what on earth does that have to do with? I grew up with heating element stoves. Mm -hmm. So like the coil, like the metal coil. Yeah, me too. And then my mom got a flat top stove for a while at the (sighs) new new house. No, at the house (laughs) I grew up in from age six to 18. And did you ever burn yourself on it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I, oh. I burn myself on our gas stove all the time. But oh, you do. I am here for a good time, not a long time. And there are not often children <laughs> in my home. So I inhale stuff worse than whatever is coming <laughs> off in small amounts on my gas stove. Well, you know. But I think that, like, I'm interested to see what the studies show and, like, how continued studied of it you know, progresses, I think that every generation there's going to be a thing that was the healthier thing proven to not actually be that healthy. Like, mm-hmm. we don't use coal in our homes anymore. We don't burn whale fat in our homes anymore. Like, I heard some rumblings about that. Mm-hmm. I love convection. I think it's super Dude. neat. But I'm definitely a gas stove, grill, campfire cooking kind of fiend Oh, yeah. And there's also nothing like on a on a convection or on a heating element, you can't take like a fresh poblano and like blister it. You know what I mean? Oh, like wow. you can on a gas grill because you can just get yeah. it over the fire and blister the skin and then you have that delicious roasted pepper. But, you know, it's about like what priority in your home you need to have. And none of them are wrong, I think. I don't think so either. Some, the, oh gosh, I wish I could remember who the interviewer was at the end when she was talking about, because she asked some hard questions about cooking and mm-hmm. about, you know, how good the food was and, and, and we may have to someday soon. And I was like, oh shit, so, what, why, why will we be, I guess probably because of the environment. And here in Seattle, y- you can't build a new wood burning stove or not wood burning stove, sorry. You can't build a wood burning fireplace in a new home. Not it anymore. It's illegal. Yeah. And so if we wanted to convert this, we wouldn't be allowed to do so. I grew up in a home that had two wood burning fireplaces and mm. one was a stove. I burnt myself on that thing all the oh, time. Yeah, me it too. Was, the basement was my room for a while. 
and that was where the the burning stove was and did you have one of the the black ones that you opened it up and you put fire in and you closed it and is it that what was you mean? brown oh, but it was, brown. It, was uh, it had like the the thick glass in the front of the door yeah. and it had the little round chimney that went up into the yes. big chimney yes and I loved that thing. I would burn shit in there constantly. Mm-hmm. And now we know that having wood-burning fireplaces in your home is, like, not so great for your lungs. It's not. And I miss it in a lot of ways, but in other ways, I know that I'm not, like, sucking carbon up into my nose. Yeah. Which is, like, not great for you. And not good for the environment. And not as great for the environment. Yeah. And I love our gas fireplace. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When we moved into our, when my mom and I got this house, I was so thrilled at the idea of a gas stove. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, a gas fireplace. Right. We don't have to burn wood. We don't have to, we don't have to clean it the same way. We don't have to maintain it the same way. It doesn't spit smoke if you forget to close well, the, or true. open the stupid <laughs> flue. Cause that was like my move. During like wintertime when we would put Duraflames or regular wood on the fireplace, I would forget to open the flue like a ding dong and then smoke would come into the house. Mm -hmm. We in the old house went to light our fire once. We have no clue how this happened. It's not like our chimney was huge, but there was a crow in the chimney. And I and when I started to light the fire, I heard this. I heard him. And I so I immediately stopped and I reached up and and I think this is why the crows still don't come to me. I, I made two big faux pas. This one, I, I brought it out from the fireplace and we called Wild Bob, who used to be around. We loved him so much. He's not around anymore. He would come and take wild animals and rehabilitate them and take them to places that would rehabilitate them. It was awesome. So he came and he t- I tried to feed the crow strawberries and they shot all over our bathroom. <laughs> and then he came and picked them up that night. And then the other thing I did was I found a baby out in the yard and I didn't, I thought it was hurt. And I called Wild Bob and I was sitting there holding it and the crows were going ape shit crazy. And he goes, that's a baby. You need to put it back and keep the cats inside. I said, not a problem. Did it. And I don't think the crows have ever forgiven me. It's like, she tried to steal that baby. <laughs> and then they told generation after generation, that's the one that tried to steal the baby. <laughs> and, and that's why they won't let me pet them. So. I am getting, I think, closer and closer every week to being able to hold out food. <gasps> I'm so jealous. But some days they're mad at me. Mm. And it's because I'm late. Because <laughs> I feed them between 11.30 and 12.30 every day And sometimes I forget And sometimes they get mad at me <laughs> But they brought me another present They did, what did they bring you? They brought me a big round seashell Like a kind with a nautilus in it mm-hmm. And they brought me a blue marble That is so cool Yeah, They but, won't take my presents though oh, Like they won't take my they, gifts Yeah, And I can't figure out what they want Because they don't want shiny things Nope and they don't want plastic things. I thought maybe they would want like doodads and like corks and things. Mm-hmm. No. And I'm like, okay, next move is those hair ties that I hate. Oh. I'm going to see if they want a hair tie. Mine just want eggs. Like raw eggs? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. They love them. That's a weird thing. Yeah. I found out because one night the raccoons didn't come. And so they were out in the morning. And the crows were just going at it. And then they did start sitting on my porch. That's magic, y'all. Huh. Bribery. Bri- bribe the <laughs> Bri- birds. Bribery is magic. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing, though, to tie that the, uh, the thought up with convection mm-hmm. stove and, and gas stove and stuff, I miss being able to throw shit in it and burn it during a spell. And I've used my cauldron more, which is small and not as big as I want it to be, blah, blah, blah. And it's just not the same. Same. And it rains so much here. I can't have bonfires as much as I want to. And then in the summer, when we used to be able to do it, there's too much smoke. I'm going down a rabbit hole. I'll stop now. No, but I totally understand. (laughs) I love using my fire pit, but in a weather like this, it's too windy. It's too wet. It's miserable outside. I can't focus. And I don't know about you all, but I like burning shit with my spell. Yes. Not real, you know, stuff. Yeah. Things. Burning things. Yes. And that's our topic today is yes. fire. Fire. 
fire. We're so glad, by the way, that you all enjoyed the air episode so much. Oh, we got a lot of comments on our Instagram post about it. And we just, I just, I'm glad. I'm just glad to see it because this is a really fun topic for us too. Totally fun. Would you like to head to the bonfire to talk about bonfires? I would love (laughs) to do that, Corey. But before we do, I just have to say we both just had to snap for editing purposes. And we just did the... (laughs) I am rewatching Wednesday right now. I'm so addicted. Okay, (laughs) let's go to the bonfire. Okay, kind of like we did with air, we're going to talk through some concepts, we're going to talk through some materials, some body stuff, some deity stuff, and then we're just going to like babble about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And talk. And talk about fire. My favorite, don't tell air, because I'm an Aquarius, but don't tell air, but I, fire is my favorite. And I'm trying to think in my big three if I have fire and I don't. Nowhere? Because I've got air, Aquarius, sun, Taurus, moon, Libra, rising. Which is also air. Oh, by the way, Corey and I were chatting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Last, we're so sorry, air signs. Uh, Zodiac air signs are Aquarius, Libra, and Gemini. Yes. And fire signs are Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. Sagittarius is like our data over here. But I have more Libra in my chart than I have Sagittarius. And funny enough, Tammy has more Sagittarius in her chart than she has Libra. Isn't that interesting? I know. We're feeding each other, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yes. So yes. those are your zodiac those signs. Those are your zodiacs. That go with those elements. We're sorry we didn't address all of them last time. I'm we sorry. talked about Aquarius is because I wanted to talk about myself, obviously. <laughs> well, uh, and we that's brought important. up Libras because of Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. And then just completely forgot about the Gemini's. Sorry, We're Gemini's. so sorry. Sorry, Teresa. Sorry, Kelsey. <laughs> you know who you are, and you know that we love you. But fire today is the south, whereas air is east. So if we're working our way around the circle, the south point is fire. The big overarching concepts of fire are things like creation and destruction, passion and sex and action and transformation. Yeah, and I'll add to that with purification revelation, vengeance, that would be my personal one, and (laughs) preparation. And, you know, all those stories come to mind of when you have to burn the forest in order for things to grow. I feel like fire is going in and doing a prison break. Okay, I'm here. Let's go. You can grow now. Definitely. Because of the transformation. I think it's so, I, to that point, Mm -hmm. controlled burns. I'm so fascinated by them. Because... Mm. The hubris in the statement, controlled burn, Mm -hmm. is very funny to me because I think humanity is like so good at thinking it can control the elements in any kind of meaningful way. Uh, But I love the concept of fire to prevent fire or fire to promote growth. I think that's super neat. I do too. And and there's so much energy in it, just mm-hmm. like this, there's so much energy in the sun feeding us, you know, with our vitamin D and the plants with photosynthesis and, you know, and I guess probably other mammals as well with vitamin D. And that balance that it has to keep of if we were just a little closer or just a little farther away, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to thrive or exist at all. No. Because fire is that powerful. Gosh, so true. Hey, thanks, the sun. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. The, let's talk about tools. Okay. My favorite stones are fiery stones. Like ever that you always? Like aesthetically. Ooh. So my favorite stone is amber, which is, of course, petrified tree resin sap. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite stone. It is a fiery stone. Sunstone is also in my top five because it is so sporkly. 
and it's very pretty. Garnet, which is my birthstone, is a firestone. Uh, hematite, which is made from volcanic activity. Such a healing stone. Which is so fiery, mm-hmm. but cool to the touch, which is wild. Uh, hematite, I said just now. Onyx is another fiery stone. If I ever find a crystal ball made of onyx that I, will, I can afford, I am uh, buying it for you. It's I want one so badly. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. I'm like manifesting that in this calendar year, I will get my hands on an onyx crystal ball because I want one so bad. One of my upcoming projects is to make myself a black mirror, but I have to find just the right frame. Anyway, that's not the point of this. The point (laughs) of this is that onyx is a a fiery stone. Certain types of jasper, which we also mentioned for air, Dada brought that up for air last time. Was yeah. different types of jasper, and I don't know. I don't know if that's a mainstream thought. That might just be a me thing. Well, there are different so, types. Yeah, that's true. So I think that totally makes okay. sense. Whether it's widely accepted or not, I think it makes sense. Thank you. And then carnelian. These are stones that are either color-wise they make a lot of sense, vibration-wise they make a lot of sense, or due to their proximity to heat and fire, make a lot of sense. And they're also pretty. Hematite, I was obsessed in like the 90s with hematite because those bracelets and stuff were so popular. I still have several of those. Obsessed. Yeah. I think also we didn't talk about metal in the last one at all. We didn't. But I think that copper, bronze, and gold could easily be for sun and fire work. Well, you know how I feel about copper. Yes, I do. there you go. I recently learned that there's a theory that the lighthouse of Alexandria, the mirror to make the fire so bright, bright enough to like have a magnifying glass effect on ships at sea to like light them on fire from the lighthouse. Oh my gosh. Was a a really, really finely polished copper. Whoa. Yeah. It's a theory. Obviously we have not, we, we weren't there. I don't know, but they're testing it and stuff and it's super neat. I love the whole idea of the Alexandria Library, and I'm Ugh. so sad it's not in existence. Right? War sucks. What is Natural it good disasters, wars. Yeah. I actually, can I be a snob for a second? Please. I forgot to mention my sources. I'm not a snob because I want to bring up my sources, but I'm a snob because, y'all, can we talk about how to find sources if you're interested in this at all? If not, I'll put it in the show notes and you can just skip over this a little bit. Here are my sources. My own book of shadows, the redwoods that I talked with this summer, other ancient trees that I have talked with over the years here in the Pacific Northwest, and I've met and I've listened to them. Of course, Scott Cunningham. Of course, Evo Dominguez Jr. And I'm sure Raven Wolf and Witch Vox, all those 90s things and so many books that I've just like blended together into a big old smoothie and drank it and forgot where the source was. So (laughs) that's... (laughs) We should all have book smoothies. Yum. So... I went to this book and I went to the back and I looked at all the sources and there was so much variety and there was some great stuff about uh, how to how to ethically source what's endangered right now and these current articles and all that good stuff and then I went to the chapters and she quoted Robert Graves like so much and if you don't remember who Robert Graves is he wrote the white goddess he made up the celtic ohm tree candle thing it's not existent in irish culture he made it up completely and he's also a huge misogynist i remember yeah. him now yeah throughout the chapters there were like two or three sources where in the back there were people like Margaret Adler, Morgan Daimler, and Lilith Dorsey, like modern, wonderful people who have a ton of knowledge. And anyway, it was just very frustrating. <coughs> yeah, so that's my snob moment. But also, everyone, those are my. Um, I don't think that's snobby. I think that it's important to be discerning about your sources and more and more every day remember and synthesize the idea that the words we use are important yeah and they represent us and so if this person's words were representing them poorly and the sources that they chose representing them poorly i think that that's totally fair (laughs) 
wild. It was wild. So I will not say because I don't believe in being mean to people. And if it works for her, it works for her. I was just kind of sad. Anyway, sure. so was River. So was River. Yeah, River's I mean, pissed. Okay, I'm done with that now. <laughs> My stone is coal. I, I mean, you can't really call that, I guess, a stone. What would you categorize that as, I wonder? Carbon? I guess. Yeah. But aren't we all? Yeah, yeah, we are. And I make edible black salt with activated charcoal. I use it constantly. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I associate that with fire. And banishing as well. And of course, the trees. Pine, because it is a true renewable, fast-growing resource, mm -hmm. which is very, very important. And it, But it also burns very quickly. The redwoods, which I just, I'm still translating. I swear I'm writing so much about the redwoods and then trying to make sense of it. But just watching how they are so fire-resistant and knowing that those trees that we see the burns on, they cannot... They cannot trace back when that fire happened because it happened before human record keeping. So that's why I really associate it with fire. The birch tree, because it's like paper and it also burns really, really well. And Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil, the tree of life. The tree of life, which good old Odin hung from for nine days. Upside down. Upside down in order to transcend and transform and become something and become more powerful and all of that good stuff. The incense that I absolutely is dragon's blood. Definitely. That's that it. makes a lot of sense. That's what I have. I would love to talk about coal for just one oh, more yeah, second. Please. Because I just made a connection in my head and I love it when that happens. I love it when that happens too. I would not have thought of coal. Mm. And then you were talking about activated charcoal. And then I got to thinking about what happens when you eat carbon like burnt things. Oh, yeah. Because when you're a remedy that you should not do often, it is a it is a sometimes thing is to eat a burnt thing to help purge and purify and sometimes soothe an upset stomach. Because the carcinogens help with the upset. However, carcinogens are cancer causing. So oh, yeah. that is like a thing you have to be very careful of. But its use, there was a use for coal and like burnt charcoal mm -hmm. to purify and soothe upset yeah. digestion. And that's what the activated charcoal is, the food grade. Yeah. Which is why they recommend, and you can buy it in capsules now. Mm -hmm. It's not regulated, everyone. And so what Corey said, please read the direction, check with your doctor and all that kind of stuff. That's why I like it in salt. You mm -hmm. can't use very much of it. Like I accidentally tried to put some in my food and thought it would be fine and went, oh, that is way too salty. What was I thinking? <laughs> because I wanted that amount of uh, charcoal. It was like, oh, and I had to throw it out. But it's really great for banishing spells or sprinkling a little bit of it to eat and ingest it. That's... Hopefully, not going to hurt you as long yeah. as you do it in moderation. And I think that it also goes without saying, but we're going to say it all the time forever. Do not put anything inside your body that is not safe to put inside your body. Yes. In this case, I'm talking about ingesting, but I mean it for all the things. <laughs> I mean it for all the things. If it's not body safe, don't put it in your body. That's right. Because fire is about passion and sex so. whether it's an organic thing or an inorganic thing mm -hmm. if it is not safe to put in your body don't because it hurts it hurts you river actually has pika she was diagnosed this summer i know she had a really bad tummy event and there was blood and all that and we were like what the heck and they found a ribbon which we were like oh shoot i left that down we noticed before then that she'd been eating stuff. And I said, I think I just thought that it was because she was trying to clear whatever was in her tummy out. And then we came home and we noticed her trying to eat things like a pen. She tried to eat one of my pens that I was sewing with. I was like, did you know you were not doing that? And so she was diagnosed with Pika. So don't do that, people. <laughs> and if you have Pika, it. go get some help, please. Yikes. 
And if you don't know what pika is, it's when you eat things that are not supposed to be in your body. Yeah. Yeah. So good note, Corey. Please don't put things in your body that don't go in a body. Because all kinds of fun things can go in a body, but they have to be safe. Yeah, Yeah, they do. (laughs) That's as blue as I'm going to get about that. Okay. Uh, Let's talk. Oh, I'm so sorry. Just really fast. Herbs, fireweed. And now I'm done. Fireweed. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Got fire right in the name. It says exactly what it is on the tin. Uh, tarot cards. Yeah. Let's talk tarot cards. Okay. Wands in general, right? And then we've got the emperor, which is a sort of powerful, action-oriented, masculine figure. Lots of power. We've got the tower card, which is all about destruction and reconstruction, right? Yeah. Temperance. Really? Interestingly. I found it several places, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Because if you think about after a fire, yeah, there's that sort of fire moves without bias, and it moves without judgment. It just moves. Yeah. And I feel very much that same sort of vibe with temperance, because yeah. there's something sort of soothing and also kind of objective about temperance for me yeah it's it's viewing the situation and without biases it's what it is is how i relate to temperance anyway the wheel of fortune and strength Mm. strength i think of the lion which makes me think of the leo so that makes sense to me and wheel of fortune change change always coming change always coming baby Wheels are incredible until you get smushed under one. So like there's there's a powerful forward motion and a danger. Because uh-huh. I'm thinking a lot about like chariots, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great segue. That's my card. That's, that's the one I think of. What yes. makes you think of the chariot card for that? Forward action. Forward, forward action. Yeah. yeah. I know that fire destroys, but the fact is, after that, there has to be forward. A- there's going to be forward action. Mm-hmm. Whether that's nature, like just mm-hmm. growing anew, or humanity rebuilding <laughs> after a fire. Seattle has done that a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they have. Yes, so they has San have. Francisco. Oh, my goodness. I recently watched a documentary about the big earthquake in like 19... 19- 16 or whatever in san francisco and how it just like leveled the whole city bonker because the ground it's built on is basically quicksand it's basically quicksand it's a big old swamp it's a big old swamp uh which that earthquake did not care about at all <laughs> was like fuck you yeah basically i'm gonna yeah. do what i want you were silly to build here <laughs> yeah you were you totally were um what's next what's next oh the parts of the body now, this part could get kind of bawdy. Get it? B-A-W-D-Y? <laughs> yeah, I love funny. You're good punster. <laughs> but we're going to talk about it in kind of a, an objective observer kind of way. Okay. Places where fire lives are places like the sacrum, the pelvis, the gut. I also, I don't know about you, but when I have like a heightened emotion situation, my face gets very hot. Yes, yes, yes. So I think about like my cheeks and the back of my neck as a place where fire lives. That's just my body. Uh, if you can relate to that, like that is totally valid place to think of it. I think the, so. The traditional places are sort of the the bread box of the body, reproductive organs of the body. I think that whether you experience sexual desire as like a part of your life or not all my aces and demis on the spectrum like there is still a place inside of you where that kind of passion lives it's just not oriented that way and it's totally awesome it is also something that i think you can build in any part of your body by getting pumped up do you know what i mean not like getting swole like going to the gym and lifting or whatever but like you can put fire in your whole body Well, you said something last week about wind, about causing energy in your body. Oh, yeah. Do you know? The Ujjayi Pranayama is meant to build energy in the body. You can actually use breath 
mm-hmm. to help build fire. And you should in the body because you have to have breath. You got to breathe. Or you'll pass out, friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, those deep breaths. Let's take one now. <sighs> okay, good. And I think what I like about fire and building heat in the body is that it's also kind of psychological sometimes. Like there are ways to think about stuff that builds fire in the body. It is sometimes fun to build fire in the body, not alone. So if you're into like sex magic or just any kind of magic that requires physical touch, there's probably gonna be a little fire there. And there should be, I think. But if you go for a run, or if you hold a plank, Mm -hmm. or if you get sweaty cooking over a stove, there's fire happening in your body. Yeah. And that's where I went when you said about the cheeks and stuff. Mm. It's like, I get so red when I run. So red. Talk about energy. Spelling and getting it and all of the above. Yeah. I also get red and hot when I'm angry. When I'm angry, embarrassed, frustrated, I get hot. And it's because I feel things very passionately. And fire doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care necessarily what emotion it is fueling sometimes. You can also use your breath to soothe that fire and maybe blow it out a little bit. Or redirect the air so that the fire has less to feed on. Which if, again, if you're working with Ayurvedic, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. They talk about how you have to incorporate the breath in order to keep the balance of the fire and the breath inside. And plus, the stuff you're talking about also might use a little bit of water. Hey! You know. Turn that sprinkler system on. There you go. (laughs) Which means getting in touch with your feelings and checking in emotionally. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think, too, that's why sometimes in these places that are traditionally fire, Mm -hmm. for me, used to, not so bad anymore. Those of us, most of us have had trauma, and we experience it in different ways, but some of mine always felt in those places down there. And so I would feel shame. And I, you have to heal that in order to have a healthy sex life. And it was hard because yeah. when you feel that it it's it's muscle memory and that shame and that heat and stuff and it's so nice because fire transforms when you can heal that and shift it and transform it yeah i don't know if you've ever heard the term bubble guts oh yeah but the stress equivalent of that for me i call boiling guts oh and it's the feeling i get when i have to have an upset tummy conversation Because I get very passionate about that and I get very, I can get very embarrassed Mm -hmm. during those based on my own baggage. So my tummy, that place where that fire lives gets very upset. I totally, I agree and empathize with that whole like response that happens in your fiery places. Why are, God is our second brain as we said last week. (laughs) Because it does that kind of emotional, intelligent stuff. All yeah. those elements just like, right there in the gut. It also, I think, is neat, too, as a person who currently is working with their therapist to understand and peel back and see what the actual root of a discomfort is, which is difficult uh, and is is also going hand in hand with shadow work that I'm working on and beginning with. But... It's a great barometer to be like, why am I sweating? Why do I feel hot in my face? Why do I have a flop sweat about this? Like, why do I feel hot? Why am I hot? And it's a good indicator, like a physiological indicator to say, hey, bud, something is up. (laughs) And you need to just like slow it and figure out what's going on. Because there's a fire in one of the rooms of your house. And you need to check on it. That is a good metaphor. There is. And you have to do that, I think, too, in order to access your magic. Otherwise, those uncomfortable things are going to get... Corey, that's that's really cool. I like that. There's a fire in one of the houses of your body. Yeah, that's good. One of your rooms has got a fire on it, Mm -hmm. and you got to figure it out. Should we talk about some deities? 
So like last time, I have a list. Again, this is a list you could find on the internet. Why? Because I found this list on the internet. It is a complication? No, (laughs) it's a compilation of a few different lists of deities around the world. And these are deities that are either fire or sun deities because they are often conflated in different religions and different like oh my gosh what's the word pantheons (laughs) that word did not want to come to me some deities are these include but are not limited to hestia she's goddess of the hearth prometheus the guy who brought fire to humanity thank you prometheus thanks prometheus Fuji, Freya, Sekhmet, Chantico, Inti, who we talked about before in another episode, Pele, which is Hawaiian, Draupadi, Oya, Vulcan, Loki, Shutekutli, Agni, Tohil, and Ra. That is, like I said, not an exhaustive list. And I know that Dada has a few she wants to talk about. But that is the big general list. So if you're like, I'm interested in fire deities, these are great places to start. Mm-hmm. We should put them on our Instagram. I can make a cute little list. Patreon and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I can put together a cute little list. Oh my gosh. Uh-oh. Now I want to make like a cute little four-page list with like a cute theme. Uh-oh. You Look might, what you've done. You might find it. You might find it. I'm sorry. <laughs> When she has time, you might find it. I was just going to add Bridget, who stokes the hearth fire, and we've talked a lot about before, related to kitchen magic and our creative magic and our inspiration. Hakate. Hakate, uh, she, I think of her as light, and she illuminates, in my opinion, she, she illuminates the multifacets of objects or feelings or people in a way that other people don't other light doesn't like her that's what i have found and i've not worked with her very much i am not a hakate expert nor will i ever be but i will keep learning she is the light bringer according to what i found on the internet and is the one that answered demeter's call to head to the underworld and search for persephone which we've also talked about before but most of the lore I could find on her, Corey, so I'd love to know if you have other places, was Homer. And there's some beautiful stuff in there, but now after our Medusa episode, I'm I'm not feeling so friendly towards him. I try to give Homer a little benefit of the doubt because he was a lot like Shakespeare in one regard, which is that his stories were to attract and entertain the broadest swath of people possible. Shakespeare wrote to get paid. He also probably wrote because he loved it, but he wrote to get paid. Yeah. He was prolific because he got paid and he loved to make people laugh, I'm guessing, and loved to make them think and cry. And he loved, I think, that control, not control, that, that influence and power over people. But Homer also took myths and stories that had already existed orally and we only know homer because he's the guy that decided to write it down right so i think that he probably took like okay this was a popular storyline and this was a popular storyline and i'm gonna put all the popular storylines together but he is not very charitable towards the women in his story no he's not but he is towards hecate or hecate if that's how you pronounce it everybody she's the often called like the goddess of witches mm-hmm I think that unanimously, she's quite powerful no matter what story she's in. Yes, he did give her that, which was nice. And he referred to her as tender-hearted. The other thing that he'd said, which I hadn't realized, Hecate with her torch in her hands, that all of that good kind of stuff that we, you know, already associate her with. But he attributes her line 440 in this poem mm-hmm. that after meeting Persephone, she became her minister and her companion mm-hmm. for forever. I love that. I'm stuck on Brightquaft. Oh yeah, Brightquaft. And for reasons that I'm are personal and I'm not going to say, that is sticking. The Brightquaft is getting me because I want to know why. Uh, that's neat. That's neat that we want to know why everybody. That's but we're neat. not going to know. 
A girl has to have some secrets. Yes, she does. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, and that's and Odin, which I'm going to keep talking about. That's as much as we need to say. He's associated with fire. To actually answer your question about if I had any sources outside of that for her, no. Keeper of Keys, it's a great book, and there are other groups out there that I think it's called the Covenant of Hecate or Hecate uh, has some great writings on her, but they refer to Homer a lot as well. Yeah. I don't, I have what I have in the last few months learned personally. Relevant. I feel like I have settled into a place where I've rounded out the three beings that I work with and they've like really settled in comfortably together, which is nice. nice. It is nice, isn't it? River likes it. I love Odin because I think that if you wanted to, you could put him in any of the elements because he's Mm -hmm. such a multifaceted dude. I think he is in all of them. Yeah. Because he, some of the stuff when we were researching for Odin and Freya, I was like fascinated by the way that people wrote about him and even the people writing about how confusing it was because at one moment he would be this and at another moment he would be that. And in another moment, he would be this other thing and he would be poetry guy. And then he would be like slaying enemies guy. And then he would be like painting guy. And then he would be like, you know, army general guy. And just like, it was wild. It was wild that he was all these different things. He has a ton of different personalities. Totally want to do an episode on him. He's been around a lot. I have to say, so does River, that technology has been better. When you ask him to be around? Uh, huh? Nice. And he doesn't even always have to be there now, is what I've found a couple of times. So, I mean, it's been short that he's been around, but and I'm trying to be very careful not to ask too much because I don't want to owe too much. But if he shows up... You don't want to you know, owe, Ben? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't. And uh, I get some great advice, though, about connecting with Freya on that front, who has already been showing herself to me as well. When we do that Odin episode, I would love to lean into the part about Odin as big fat nerd. Oh, please. Yeah, big fat nerd. Big fat Dad. nerd. Dad. You know, I can't see him as anything but Ian McShane. I'm in agreement because I do think of him immediately. Mm-hmm. But lately I've been playing God of War. In God of War, Odin is played by Richard Schiff. They sort of, he he looks like this very sort of Kind of scrawny, old, eye patch, big cloak. Like, un- he's got an unassuming physical stature, which is what makes his, like, personality and countenance kind of uneasy because he's got this sort of deep, deep casuality to him mm. that is, like, really frightening in this game because, like, I don't know when the other shoe's going to drop, but I know it's going to. There's that sort of tense feeling. So now the person I associate with Odin is Richard Schiff. Wait a minute, Richard Schiff from West Wing? Yeah. Get the fuck out of town. I will not. He's so good because he's got this very powerful confidence that requires absolutely no physical attractiveness. It requires no flashy anything. I do find him attractive though. He, but like <laughs> but like the the character that he plays is just, it looks kind of like him. They did do like mocap on him, you can tell. Oh, okay. And they based it on his face. But like he doesn't it's the swagger and the confidence that makes you go, actually maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But he's frightening. If you watch Richard Schiff on West Wing or on anything, what a magical dude he is. Thank you all for your patience with the cat. The cat has been gently relocated because she was just not having it. Yeah. Maybe we were just chatting about, who knows, maybe Freya is here and we've been talking about the chariot and, you know, her chariot is pulled by cats. Maybe River was volunteering. So now I think of two rad dudes when I think of Odin. I think of Ian McShane, whose voice, he could talk to me about anything. I love his voice so much. And Richard Schiff, who I'm now realizing, I actually really love this actor. I just didn't realize I'd seen him in so many things. Mm, so many things. Yeah. That's all I've got for deities and things. Cool. That's all I got, too. How do you use fire in your magic practice? I, I candle magic. Of oh, course. sure. I'm sure we all do. Or maybe we don't. I don't want to. I shouldn't assume. We're going to talk about bonfires, y'all. Yes! Oh, except I skipped. Let me me go back to candles for just a moment. So I think with candles, for that tool, you can focus 
on so many different spells and so many different aspects using fire, but also mixing the fire with color. It just allows you to do things like divination or ancestor work, moon work, sex work, death, sex, sex magic. Sex magic. I was like, sex magic. Not incorrect, but a different connotation there. <laughs> death. Just all of those those things from astral to healing to destruction. It's just like all that candle magic. Do you use candles? I use candles constantly. Yeah. I'm always there's always something on fire in my office. Mm. I love candles. I love incense. I love smoke. Mm. I love weed. I love like And a lot of people are starting to write about how they use weed in their magical practice. I've started smoking a joint almost every night i'll do all my things so i have this system because i'm trying to prioritize rest and things i enjoy because i have a tendency to overbook myself and overcommit myself and try to fit too much into the time and then feel shitty when i can't make it all happen because that is the way i've been operating since i was ooh forever so my new ritual includes like i get off of work I get the things done I need to get done in order of priority. I make dinner. I eat dinner. I smoke a joint. And then I do something to relax or be creative or mindless, like video game stuff or to read. And I've learned and realized in that time that I actually like go to sleep and I have less nightmares and I just feel less anxious all the time. Well, that's magic. Which feels like magic to me. And there's a ritual to it that I haven't been able to enjoy because I used to smoke and I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. And so there's the ritual and the sound. The sound of the paper burning is very personal. There's something very magical about that ritual for me. I was going to say, that is a really phenomenal example of working magic into your regular life. Into your, and it's for you. It doesn't have to be for anybody else or asking for anything else except for pleasure. Yeah. For and what a fire-focused ritual that is. Very oh, fire. No smoke in your body is healthy. I understand that. I know that. I get it. This is a balance of things for me, which is I understand that that one thing could be dangerous, but the benefits of it are so far reaching in my life that I am willing to accept that sacrifice. <laughs> and that's not to say it's for everybody. And like I said, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore because I know that they are full of what we talked about earlier, carcinogens, cancer-causing agents. I miss it very much during times of high stress, times of high grief, times of capital F big feelings, when it's hot and nice out when it's cold and rainy out. When I watch a movie where people are at a party, I'm just like, man, that looks good. <laughs> but my compromise with myself is I won't do that, but I will do this. And this has turned out to be much better for my mental health. Anyway, that's one that's big way I'm incorporating yeah. fire. We're going to talk about bonfires because, of course, bonfires and ritual fires, which are usually a little bit smaller, but not necessarily. They can be anything you want, ritual fires. But bonfires are really great for large gatherings and working magic with a lot of other people. You can also incorporate on a personal level a lot of different woods, a.k.a. trees, and bring different energy into your magical practice while you are focusing or doing spell casting. You know, the bonfire as a ritual or, or fire in your home, as we've already talked about in the hearth in your home. Because I did something huge today, I found some old emails because I was trying to save all of Corey's emails. And we're going to share with you just real quickly the magic that the bonfire, metaphorically speaking, did for us. Corey and I started discussing Bonfire Babel in April, which is Taurus season. We chatted about it, and this was all unintentional. I'd love to say, oh, we planned it. No, we didn't. Uh, we, we chatted, and then the website went up in Leo season on August 17th, and our first production date is September 2nd in Libra season, and the birth of Patreon, which has been so wonderful, and we are so grateful, everyone, was November 17th in 
Scorpio season. So we have all four elements in the birthing process of our creative life around the bonfire. I love that. I love that. You were telling me about that and you were listing them off and I went, okay, so that's one, that's two, and that's three, and that's a full house. (laughs) That's all of them, baby. I love fire. I love it, love it, love it. I think that I love what you said about how they're great for gatherings Mm -hmm. because a lot of pretty much all of, with very little exception, my magic practice is very private and personal and me, just to Mm -hmm. me, just for me. I'm the only one there. Sometimes that can be kind of isolating when you're a solitary. I don't know if any of you listeners can relate to that, but I feel that way occasionally. And so it's a fun way to include community in your magic. Well, and I, yeah, and I love it too, because you can be so active and interactive with a bonfire in a way that you can't with my cauldron. No, you can with my cauldron. (laughs) But it's harder, but it is harder. I love as part of my magical practice, I do a couple of different things with bonfires when we get to have them. I burn a lot of stuff, as I already mentioned. But I also create such beautiful imagery with Sacred geometry is what I was trying to remember last week. Oh, with the shapes. The geometric shapes. I was like, and I use, you know, geometric shapes. And I do, but I also use a lot of sacred geometry. And the very first time I saw uh, Dr. Dr. Strange, and uh, I was like, I know what those are. That's really cool. And I find fire for me helps me visualize that because fire is form without substance. And so it's like being in one of those holographic things that you see on futuristic TVs where they reach up in the air. I think I think it's on um, Ready Player One where they can reach up and make yeah. the shapes around Iron them. Man's computer has that. Is that right? Yeah. And that's what I visualize so much when I'm making magic at a bonfire. One of the reasons I think we do this is because we start to feel isolated and we love sharing our practice with other people and listening to your practices that's why we love getting the letters from you love it love it love it and love the discord because there's so much fun conversation happening there every day which i love i think one of the awesome things that exists at a bonfire for me that can't exist in a tiny cauldron necessarily is for me fire is a place for catharsis and there's big movement and big gesture and big feelings that for me are difficult to express around a tiny fire. I think if I had a large cauldron, I would feel differently about working with the cauldron. But then of course, I'd always be outside. (laughs) My cauldron is about two and a half inches across. It's very small. Me too. Little. Yeah. Man, I love bonfires. Yeah. And there are, of course, holidays all throughout the year. Where bonfires are happening. Like every single one of yeah. them is a fire festival. Starting with Samhain, going to winter solstice, mm-hmm. going to Imbolc, mm-hmm. Beltane, mm-hmm. Midsummer. Yep. Uh, Litha. No, oh. Lunasa. Lunasa. So it's interesting about Lunasa because in the same breath that some people say Lunasa, they also compare it to Lamas. Yes, I am talking about that book I was referring to earlier. And that is where one of the major places where Robert Graves came up. And I was like, no, Laura O'Brien is going to hunt you down. (laughs) And I feel bad because, again, to each his own. I really do believe that most of the time. So, (laughs) sorry. That is having some feelings about this book. I do have some big feelings about it. Yeah, so much so that I just totally forgot where I was going. We were talking about Litha, Lunasa, (laughs) Lamis. Yes. Yes, so Lunasa is a fire festival, as is the autumn equinox. Mm-hmm. And I think we're back to Samhain. And I like think we're back. Every yeah. single one, every single one of them is a fire festival. And I think, and this just might be an obvious connection that I'm only just kind of making, mm-hmm. is because those are all big solar events. Yeah. And solar, sun, fire. Yeah. But it has to have the other elements. Oh, You yes. have to have the air. You have to have the wood, which is of the earth. And you eventually have to 
put it out and probably use a little bit of water there mm-hmm. or drink water because you're getting too hot around the bonfire yeah or drink or make steam because you're in a sauna i use my breath a lot too with fire i i do a lot of that breathing breath is just so important it's important to my everyday life it's important to my magical work 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 acting and living and being with people with music i because that's i've sang all my entire life like you have I find it transforming. I blow on a lot of fire and I inhale, not the smoke, but sometimes I try to find the places around the fire where I can inhale the heat mm-hmm. and take that into me as energy to use for my spell and transform it into, you know, something physical in this world. And of course, my dragon. Well, sure. Yeah. I think what, what we're getting at is that magic is multimedia, baby. Like, you got all the elements. It's it's a multimedia project, because already we've just done two, and we're already talking about how they all work together. Mm-hmm. So, we've all got all of them in us, so obviously, they all gotta work together. Great team project, but in this one, they all pull their weight. Yeah, it's not like my 300 levels in college. No. What? I don't Who know. said but, that? Um, what, what, <laughs> who? Ha, 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 ha. Well, would you like to um, throw up some sparks? I would love <laughs> to. fiery, fiery sparks. Some fiery, fiery sparks. My sparks are firefighters. I don't know if you all know this. A lot of incarcerated people work to save homes and our lives and then go back to prison. Your local fire stations, if you can, you know, take them cookies sometime or something like that. It's really, it's really good for them. And then my other one, hey, guess what, everybody? I found ethically sourced dragon's blood resin and incense. After all that, they are still point aromatics. And oh my gosh, Corey, when you go to this website, make sure you've just gotten paid. It's so beautiful. They had been away for a little while and they're back. They're based in Arizona. Yeah, in Sedona, Arizona. And they've got chakras shot by chakras and energetics, shot by aromas, shot by therapeutic benefit, shot by chemistry, shot by bestseller, Still Point Aromatic Institute. Anyway, it's just a beautiful site as well. If you want to go and learn a lot about these energies and these incense and essential oils, CO2 extracts, so many wonderful elements here on this website. They talk you through how they ethically source the dragon's blood. They don't kill the tree. Their workers are paid fairly. And they're not over harvesting, mm-hmm. I bet. They are not. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. I love that. It's a beautiful website. I love it. I smartly only peeked at it because, <laughs> like you said. Yeah. And yeah. January is already a very expensive month for me. Uh, my sparks, I have two. One is a playlist that I made for my birthday. And I'm going to put a link. We'll put a link in the show notes and I will try to link it on Instagram. But Instagram is very funny about links. They are. So we'll figure it out. It's called Totally Radical 35 and Feeling Alive Birthday Playlist. (laughs) And it's got a vibe. I don't know that I would call it like a cohesive vibe, but it's definitely there and it's something and it's fun. And it's the songs that I want to listen to. And so that's what it is. My second spark is a painting. Now, I'm going to post an image on our Instagram. It is going to be the final image in the set. So if it is not something you are interested in seeing, I'm going to let you know now. The painting is called The Cursed Woman. It's a painting that was made in 1859 by Francois Octave Tassert. Uh, it's French, so I did that wrong, I'm sure. But Francois, I'm pretty sure I got correct. It is clearly meant to be like a woman who's been, you know, damned for her lust or whatever. But it's absolutely four hot babes, three of whom are, we'll say, taking care of a central one. And I don't know, I just, I've known about this painting and it came into my consciousness again recently. And I was just like, you know what? Yeah, yep, that's a great I made it my phone background because if you're looking over my shoulder on the bus, you deserve to get something like that. You yeah, deserve it's to be scandalized. A, uh, not safe for work. It is an NSFW situation, and I don't know if I'm going to have to censor it on Instagram. Oh, I hope not. It's beautiful, everyone. It's quote unquote art, which makes it different. 
Um, but it is art and it's beautiful and it looks like a lot of fun. And I just been thinking about this painting a lot. And I thought, what better episode than one about passion? Yeah. Because dang. <laughs> we may revisit it again come Beltane. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, I'm about to turn into a pumpkin. Me too. So until next time, be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you are so inclined, follow us on our socials, which is Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Bonfire Babble Podcast. You can also follow us or join us on Patreon at Bonfire Babble Witches on Patreon and our website at bonfirebabble.com. You can also join our community on Discord by clicking the link in our link tree. If you're into snail mail, you can send us that at P.O. Box 16341, Seattle, Washington, 98116. And if you want to do that electronic thing, we're at bonfirebabblepodcast at gmail.com. Please also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It helps us out. It also helps other people find us. Yeah, and if you do it on Apple where you can actually write something, we will shout you out your name. Thank you again for listening. Bonfire Babble Podcast recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of the beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the tribe, go to realrentduwamish.org.